turns them off right quick. Two? Two and a half? Let's make it five, four. <laughs> Three, two, and one. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies, where we come to, as my brother just said, get into the Word, so the Word will get into you, and sit down, and uh, like the old commercial said, brother, have ourselves a heap and help enough, yeah. not hospitality, but the Word of God, and to, to feast at that table. You know, brother, this morning I was thinking, as, just because I, as I was getting caught up early this morning, I was just kind of meditating on the Word. Well, Psalm 63, 1 through 8 says this. It says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied with marrow and fatness and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. And you know, early will I seek him. You know, folks, some of you guys, it's earlier uh, than it is other places because we literally span many time zones in this teaching. But, you know, brother, there's nothing like it. Just getting up and coming together with our Amen. brothers and sisters, literally from across the nation and beyond to seek the face of God. And, and you know, I love this part of what, what, what the psalmist David says. He said, my, my soul thirsts for you. And, and I think some of you, and I've got some good feedback some, from different ones that, that said, you know what, just getting in the Word like this has created such a thirst and a hunger yes. for them. And, and what did we yeah. say from day one? Yeah. This is not, this is not the end-all, wear-all. This no. is just to, to whet your appetite right. for, for greater and deeper things in relationship to get into the, the Word of God yourself. Yeah. Then Isaiah thirty four sixteen says it says search from the book of the Lord and read. Well, that's pretty simple. Just search from the book of the Lord and read. That's Isaiah thirty four sixteen. And finally, in Isaiah fifty five six through thirteen, Isaiah fifty five six through thirteen says this: Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God he will be abundantly pardoned. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven returneth not hither, but waters the earth, and it makes to bring forth a bud, that it may give seed to the soil, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper in the thing wherein I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorns shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up from the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign not to be cut off. But where did it start at? Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. And so folks, listen. The reason we come every day and we, we, we spread the, the, the word of God out before the table of the Lord is to seek him. That uh, that we might that we might find him and we might know yes. him in, in a greater way and it's and it really brings a power. This morning I just want to we want to take a, a minute. I'm gonna I want something to share with you because this is really kind of a uh, it's a it's a it's a study in the word. It's a it's a time to, to to get into the word to be trained to to show ourselves approved unto God to be those that are, are workmen that need not be ashamed mm-hmm. rightly dividing yes. the word of truth. But really, it's a good way to get started. Now, if I just want to I want to I want to play something this morning. Just take kind of a minute, kind of just just a devotional second, and just play a song for you, just to kind of get us in that that that, that place that we're uh, seeking Him and really get our, our mindset right. After the song's over, Pastor Alex is going to open us in prayer. And uh, we'll get started right in our Romans teaching this morning. Let me see if I can do this. There's no way that I could face it without you. 
before the day slips away. I'll just say I love you. I love you. Before the world rushes in again, I'll just say there's none above you. There's none above you. I'll just be still and know you are God. Be still and know you are God. There's something about the morning. The stillness of it. Cause my heart to hear you when you gently call. Now I'm not the days waiting for me to make it through. And there's no way that I can face it without. For the days that survey, I want to stop and say I love you, I love you. Before the world rushes in again, I want to stop and say there's none above you, there's none above you. I'll just be still and know. Be still and know that you are God. Sometimes it's, I think it's just good to just stop and just get the focus on really what it ought to be because, guys, the reason we come and, and study the Word is to, to know Him better. It's not to know more about the Bible, but it's to know Jesus in a more personal and intimate way. And, and sometimes I think it's just 
good, just like my brother is worthy. He is worthy of all praise. And mm-hmm. that's why we're here today is to just seek him while he may be found and to call upon him while he is near. Why don't you open us in prayer this morning, Pastor? Hallelujah. Father, how can we measure your love, God? The Bible says that as far as from the east as from the west, God, and as far as the heavens above, Lord, there is no way that there's even a measurement of your love, God. How deep is it? How wide, Lord God? We thank you, God, that you came to die for sinful man, God, that you bought us over 2,000 years ago, Lord God. You purchased us. You were the highest bidder, Lord God. There was nothing that was comparison to your blood. It was worth more than all the gold and all the, the price, Lord God, that anyone else could try to give. Your blood was higher, more richer, greater than anything else. And Lord, this morning, as we've taken time just to seek you, Lord God, we, we pray that this won't be the end of it, God. But it would be a, a start, a, a, a desire that we are like what the psalmist said. We are like men and women in a desert, Lord God, in a thirsty land, God, that we search for you, God. We, we seek after you. It's like the woman searching her whole house because she lost a coin that, that, that she searched and swept the whole house clean. And when she found it, she rejoiced. You're like that treasure, Lord God. You're like that pearl of great price that's in the that in the field that when we find it, Lord God, that we will even take all that we have to sell everything we have just to buy that land, just to buy that pearl of great price, Lord God, just to find you, to find the treasure. You're worth all, uh, all that we have, Lord God. And there's nothing that we can give, Lord God, that will compare to who you are, God. But we offer ourselves, God, our minds and our hearts to you this morning. Our souls, Lord God, we offer our hands and our our body, Lord God, and our time, Lord, this morning, just to get to know you greater in a greater way. I thank you that you have chosen us, God, that there's so much false in the world that you have chosen us to hear the truth. Not only us, God, but all those who would hear. God, we pray that we would hear this morning and that we would listen and that we would receive and that we would have knowledge and understanding. And we thank you for it. And we thank you for the mercy, the grace, the power of God that you've given to us. Now, Lord, don't let our hearts grow cold or let it grow weary for those who are in desperate need of you. Lord, I pray that these words will not try to cause us to be high-minded, Lord God, but humbled, God, by your presence and broken, Lord God, so that we could take the, the, the word of God to a broken and lost dying generation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Pastor, I'll tell you what, I've been totally just, uh, we, uh, once again, we say it, and I don't want it to become cliche, but when you get into the Word, the Word gets into you. And the Word, just as we, we read out of Isaiah 55, that the Word is always going to accomplish the, 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 the purpose that it was done for our lives. And His Word was sent to, to change and transform us. I don't know about everybody else, and, and I probably do know about everyone that's been participating on this on a daily basis in our live broadcast, is it changes you. It, it, it really does. It puts you in a place. It changes your perspective. It pl- changes your heart. It changes your mind. It, it changes the way you think about thing, things. And it, and it really, and for me, brother, it's just created that tenacity. And, when, when you, and what happens, and, and, and this is the part I think sometimes when, when some people study the Word uh, in general, and here's the, and, and one of the, the things you really kind of have to overcome when you're preaching a Word like this and teaching that is when, you, when, when the light comes out, the light reveals. Right. And there's certain things it reveals. It reveals things on a personal level, mm-hmm. and it reveals things on a corporate level. Right. And one of the things that you, many of you have seen through this, this, these first several weeks of our teaching out of the book of Romans, because it's a doctrinal book, because it's right. that, that foundational epistle of the new covenant, mm-hmm. that what it also does is it exposes false things. Right. As, as you teach correct things, you can't help but create a, 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 a comparison. And so as the true word comes out, I've had so much feedback from people that said, you know what, I can see that. And what it's, what it's done for them is it exposed areas of, 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 of wrong teaching and philosophies and, and uh, just traditions of men and, and things that really were just fables and erroneous type of gospels. Uh, 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 I, I hate to call it a gospel, but erroneous type of teaching. So one of the things that it does is it exposes those things. But brother, when you begin to expose those things, it upsets the adversary. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to upset individuals that may adhere to a certain uh, philosophy, or, uh, or you may kind of touch on something that's kind of their their, their sacred calf, so to speak, and you start allegiance to certain yeah. individuals, or and you start. So when you start tearing down those high places, mm-hmm. those high places of, of, of hierarchical Christianity.
or you tear down those high places of, of, of false teaching or things that seem to be comfortable, brother, there's a, there's a battle. And I tell you why, on a personal level and on really on a ministry level, uh, I've kind of felt like a target the last few uh, weeks, not by people, but by the adversary. And you know what? It has taken a pressing through and an endurance. And it's all these things he tries to send, you know, whether it's a, a physical attack on my body or, or Melanie's body or, or just this, this ongoing financial type of attack that he tries right. to throw. But i got news for him today. I want to serve notice to the adversary that, 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 that we're not going to bow. We're not going to break. We're going to continue to preach that word without yes. compromise. We're going to continue to, to bring it. If he doesn't like it, he needs to take it up with the, with the one that spoke it. And, and we're going to continue to tear the devil's kingdom down and take back territory that has been lost for, for literally generations. And, and I believe that as we stand uh, firm, steadfast, and movable, that, that, that God will, will bring the reward to all those things. And man, yes. I, I feel it. And, I, and I, myself, but I, I function best in the battle. You know, <laughs> I don't want to be like we talked a couple weeks ago about when, when kings go out to war that, that David laid back and stayed at home. Right. I don't want to be a king that is made to go out to war but sets on a housetop and gets caught up in, in those types of things. Right. Man, we've got to be in the midst of the battle. But what the adversary has, 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 has effectively done over the course of several generations now, he has kept the, the, the church, he's kept the kings and priests yeah. seated on top of rooftops being filled with the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And they can see death because they're not where they want to be. I, I believe there's a famine, too, in the land for the Word. Yeah, we talked about, I think, several weeks ago about Josiah the king and the Word being hidden. And then they found it. I think that that's uh, so, so important today because that's exactly what's happened. There's been many leaders who have basically hid the Word of God away. And, yes. and, and they haven't allowed people to well the truth I mean the word they have not allowed the word to expose and so it's always been these teachings of philosophies of men or traditions or and not all the traditions are all bad but some of the traditions that they do bring is, is just really a tradition of, of wickedness you know traditions like you know like silly things you know well you think about it it becomes feel good Christianity rather than know God Christianity right I would rather feel and know God than to feel good. Right. Because I know that I'm just a sojourner in this land. And so we, we've got an opportunity here to preach that word. So I encourage you guys to continue to get into the word yourselves and to take these teachings. Uh, many of you guys are downloading them or listening to them live or whatever else. Burn them for someone else. Sure. Burn someone a copy. If one of these really strikes that you, give somebody, burn two or three of them and say, listen, listen to these and tell them where they're available where they can get the rest of those. But, but pass those things around. Some of you guys got MySpace or whatever else. You can, you can put these things on your MySpace and make them available just as we have. But really get that word out. And I believe as that word gets, it gets out there that God's going to change people's right. lives. Uh, Romans 3, 23 and 24 is where we spent a couple days on. And I'm going to read those before I kind of jump into verse 25. But it said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Then verse 24 said, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. But the past couple of classes that we have, we really focused just on those two verses of Scripture. And if you've not had a chance to listen to those things, if you're getting this from someone, uh, you need to take the time to, over the next day or so, to do just that. Or if you're with us today live or one of our... Uh, 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 affiliate websites you're hearing this and you didn't get to hear the last couple of days uh, go back and listen to those last two classes that we have I believe that they're they are going to be so very important and help the one to understand that this this whole book of Romans and just how to see how urgent of an hour it is that we live and just how relevant the word of God is today just as it was when it was penned 2,000 years ago as it was God breathed upon the writers of the, of the book of Romans uh, you know, we saw in verse 23, Pastor, that, that verse 23, all of sin comes from the glory of God, it exposed the problem. Right. It just gave a generalization that, listen, guys, everyone is in need of Jesus. Everyone is sin. Everyone's falling short of the glory of God. No one measures up. Right. Then in verse 24, it provided the solution. Right. And so we know that, that, that we're justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so uh, we, or those that are walking in genuine faith for Christ Jesus, have been justified freely by His grace. And so we have the opportunity in which what that does is takes us into our lesson today. So folks, as you have your word out, pen and paper, getting ready to take some notes. This is going to be some good stuff right, right here. This is, you know, these are the things that cause me to just lick my, lick my spiritual chops uh -oh. and say this is an opportunity to do it. Um, I told you going in, you know, some of these verses that we hit, really, we have to really, it's, it's, it's such a line upon line, precept upon precept. Guys, get out, your, get out your shovels. 
Get out your wheelbarrows, get out your buckets, because we're about to dive into a, a verse. That, I love a verse like this because just reading it, you think, okay, that, that's, that's pretty simple. But brother, there is so much in verse 25 that is just incredible to right. me. And, and so we're going to get into this today. So get out your, your pick and shovel and get out your paper because this is going to be one of those verses that I, I, we probably won't get through this whole verse in one class because there's so much that I, I believe God wants to bring out of this. And so verse 25 of Romans chapter 3 says this, "...whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remissions of sin that are past." through the forbearance of God. I've got to read it again because it's so powerful. Who God has set forth, and who's that we're talking about? Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God, speaking of Jesus, Jesus, who has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in the blood to declare His righteousness for the remissions of sins that are sent that are passed through the forbearance of God. It says He has set forth to be a propitiation. When it, when it says, Pastor, that you set forth, that means to, to put out there. That means to put, literally put up on display. And so, with everything that God does, Paul spoke and he said, listen, nothing that we have done has been in a corner. Right, it's been hidden. Uh-huh. You think about Jesus, you know. Everything Jesus did was out there. Right. When he was born, he was, he was born and it was declared. People were coming from all over. The, the Magi from the East and all the right. shepherds were coming. And so it was put upon display. He wasn't hidden away in some solitary uh, unit in some pediatric hospital. He was out there in a, in a public stable where anybody that wanted to walk up could walk up. They could right. come and see him laying in that manger. His life was played out before people. He was, he was not uh, somebody that was... That was uh, uh, Hiding like some monk in some monastery waiting for that time. He wasn't hidden away in the wilderness. He lived a life that was out there. He was set forth. When they when he when he done his miracles, he did them before thousands of people. Right. Many people saw those. He fed and said they brought multitudes to him. He healed all manner of sickness and disease. He set forth his work and his ministry for many to see. When he was crucified, he was crucified on a on a hill in a public uh, uh, trash heap. Right there on public display for everyone to see, and when he when he when he was resurrected, uh, an estimated 500 people yeah. saw him, uh, testified of his 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 resurrection, his living again. After that, he ascended upon high. It says they beheld him ascending. Everything that he did, brother, was set forth. He was he was put forth in a public type of manner. And so when I people, hear people talk about. That you know that you need to kind of keep Christianity to yourself, and it becomes it's something that is mm-hmm. such a private matter. That's just contrary to the Word of God. Right. If your Christianity is just a private thing, it's not a Jesus thing. Uh oh. Jesus said, you know, you got to take those things and perhaps even shout them from the housetops. Right. And so when those things are out there, because I guarantee you when when he splits the eastern skies, he said every eye right. shall behold him. And he said, if we're ashamed of him before men, that he will be ashamed of us before the Father. We have got to come to that place where the Word of God gets in us and transforms us to a place that we are so bold that we're speaking that Word everywhere we go. We're living that Word in everything that we do. We're walking that that Word in every step that we take. That the Word is not just something that we put on on a Sunday morning for just a couple hours and we dress up in this thing called Christianity. But it's something that's not what we do, but it's who we are in Christ. Jesus, that it becomes something that not just comes upon us, but it's something that radiates very much out of our lives. It's to show forth, God show forth His Son as that example, as an example to us that we could be that same type of example. And so He set forth, or He put those things out there to be a propitiation. And so, what the word propitiation is, it means, it refers to that atoning work of Jesus upon the cross of Calvary. Well, brother, and what I'm really going to talk about today is that thing, it's, it's the fulfillment of the shadow that literally was cast by the Old Testament sacrifice on the Day of Atonement. Okay, Folks, when we talk about a propitiation, you know, we can look at those things, but, but you've got to get an understanding of that. Until I got an understanding of what the shadow was, brother, I never really saw the, the, the true meat and the potatoes and, the, and the, the height and the breadth and the power of what the cross was all about until I began to see those patterns that had already been established in the Word of God and the Old Covenant. Folks, I, I believe that the reason that, that Paul, and we saw this in chapter 2 and in the beginning of chapter 3, that he took the Jews to task right. in, 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 in regards to the condition of their heart 
It's because they had been given a complete picture of, of the work of the, of the redemptive work of the cross over 1500 years ago before Christ ever came and, and, and actually died upon the cross of Calvary. He took them to task. He called them out. Right. He set such an, a, a tremendously high standard because whether they were the ones that had been given the truth but right. had failed to walk in the fulfillment of it. Folks, you may ask yourself, you know, Pastor Troy, brother, you are always taken to task leadership. Absolutely. I'm taking yeah. them to task because they have been entrusted. I have been entrusted with the Word of God. We have been entrusted with a high calling. Don't let many be masters. Don't let many, many be teachers. teachers. Don't let many be leaders upon you. For upon you is a greater judgment. The Jews had a place of, of great responsibility. And as a result of that, a great judgment came right. upon them. A great responsibility. And so, folks... If we want to call ourselves teachers, we have got to be taken to task on those things. And so when you hear me on this program calling out uh, 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 preachers by name, absolutely. And I expect if I'm in error, right. doctrinally, call me out. Right. Period. I expect you to do that because once we sit in that seat of authority, once we come to a table of, of teaching, we need to be called out. We need to be right. kept accountable yeah. by the, the body of Christ at large and by one another. Right. And so when we're, if we're sitting somewhere teaching the erroneous doctrine, that you know what, like we talked about, what's the, the character from Houston's name? I, I, Joel. Joel Osteen. Well, we call him out because you can look and see what he said about, you know what, I don't know about the Hindus. You know, they seem to love God. We'll call that mess out because they do not love God because right. the Bible says have no other gods before me. Right. And he said, if you say you love me and you don't even keep that command, that right. you're a liar. So we call that erroneous teachers out. When we call those the teachers spiritual death of Jesus, like the, the Kenneth Copelands and the, 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 the Kenneth Hagins and, and those that preach that erroneous type of doctrine, we're going to call that mess out. Right. Why? Because just as, uh, as, as Paul called the Jews out who had been given that, that teaching, uh, and, and, and took them to task on that stuff, we're going to take that stuff to task according to the Word of God. It, it should break your heart. It, it should break it your heart. It should break your heart because you know that there are thousands upon thousands of people who are hearing this Word and listening to this stuff. and going straight to hell. Yes. That should break your heart. You should say to yourself, what can I do to stop this? You know, we go to the streets a lot. Absolutely. We preach on the streets. But what about these cats that are sitting in pews that are fixing to go to hell because they think they're okay? Because someone... That, that has position, someone that has authority, right. has told them these things that are erroneous. Folks, listen, you're not going to see me on the day of judgment with a bunch of bloody hands of people that we failed to withhold the full counsel of God to. Literally. And I deal with these things on a, on a regular basis. That's the nature of what God has called me to do. That's the responsibility. And I'm not going to shirk that responsibility. I'm not running for office. I'm not in a popularity contest. I'm not looking for votes. Period. I'm not going to do those things. And so I'm not going to dilute the blood of Jesus to some powerful pastel pink in order to fill my pockets, in order to increase the coffers of this ministry. Cannot do that. No. And so we take that stuff to task just like Paul took that stuff to task. But the reason he did is, is this right here. Because God has set forth Jesus to be a propitiation through faith in the blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. The whole verse whom God has set forth whether to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past forbearance is literally the, the manifestation or the summation of the entire redemptive process that was given in the law of Moses and literally fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Amen. It's fulfilled right there. That's the summation of those things. Folks, I get excited. I guess you probably couldn't tell that. I get excited when I study the Old Testament, uh, Old Testament tabernacle because once you know that Jesus is our atonement, once you know that He's those things, then the whole process of when you begin to read the, about the tabernacle in the wilderness comes alive and literally it provides such a tremendous understanding of those things. An understanding and a responsibility, not only a, a, a greater understanding for the Jewish practice of, of animal sacrifice uh -huh. or their day of atonement, but it really opens our eyes of an understanding in regards to the work of Jesus Christ Come upon on. the cross. Yeah. The reason so much of that, that erroneous teaching, the spiritual death of Jesus, all these things that these, these, these men are teaching... Because people don't have an understanding of that shadow of things to come. Right. Because if you'll just step back a step and you'll see the process that he established, you can, you can measure those things against the Word. We talked about hermeneutics. Right. Uh, the, the Word... Uh, uh, 
uh, defining the word, the word uh, 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 referring back to itself, the law of first reference. We've seen those things, but if you don't have a reference point, right. somebody can come and tell you anything right. because you don't know. Folks, what we want to do is provide you a reference point Amen. for righteousness, yes. a reference point for truth. And so here's what he said. He said he is set for, he's put out there right. for a propitiation. Now, brother, I don't know about you, but propitiation is not a word that I probably use oh, I in, a, in a whole lot of senses. I'm right. not, I don't use it on a daily basis. Right. And chances are there's someone that's listening to our teaching that would say to themselves, listen, I don't know if I've ever used the word propitiation. Or even know what it is. Or even know what it is. Yeah. But it's a great word. It's a great word because in that word, brother, it's just—it's one of those words. It's just—it's one of the power words. All right. It's a word that speaks so much to it, and so it's—it's—it's it's, it's not a word, obviously, that's that's, that's used in, in in everyday conversation. And really, brother, it's great that it's not, because it's certainly not a word with a, with a plethora of or a, a multitude of usages. Right. But it's a word that has at its root and at its definition, and write this down: the mercy seat. Okay. That. That whom God has set forth to be our mercy seat. I love that. And so he, we we have in Christ Jesus a mercy seat, a place to go. Revelations thirteen eight. I want to give you some things. He is our mercy seat. When in the mercy seat was where the blood was often right. obviously taken, but it was the blood of the lamb that was right. given on the on in the Old Testament tabernacle. But I want to give you this out of thir- uh, Revelation. 38 and start beginning to put some things Revelation in perspective. Revelation 13, 8. Revelation 13, 8. Okay. And putting this into perspective. It says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship Him, speaking of Jesus, whose names are, are written in the book of life. Uh-huh. The, the book of life of the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And so Jesus is called the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Obviously, given as a type of the sacrifice that would be made on the Day of Atonement. Right. That atoning sacrifice. Now listen to this. John one twenty nine. Here's your tie-in scripture for that. John one twenty nine. It says, The next day John, John the Baptist, seeing Jesus coming unto him, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, come on. which takes away the sins of the world. Now brother, come on. Come on. Here we are. We, we, we so often times, we view Christianity through these Western eyes. Yes. And so when we hear John say, Behold the Lamb of God, uh, uh, which takes away the sins of the world. It means one thing to us. Right. But to that audience in the Gospel of John, right. it was pointing them back to that place that they held sacri- uh, sacred. Right. You know, I'm talking about the, the tabernacle of Moses, right. which was a, the, the original setting for the, 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 the mercy seat and for the, the, the Ark of the Covenant and, and for the, the, the brazen altar. But once David built that that, that Temple unto the Lord, right. that became just a larger picture of that. Right. And so when, when John comes and points him out in the crowd, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God yeah. that taketh away the sins of the world. Right. What he was doing is putting him on an even keel with what they identified with the sack of the only thing that could cover men's sins. Right. And so he, he put him out there. He, he set him forth, as it, as it says. He, he was put forth to be that propitiation. And so, folks, when you begin to understand the language of that, right. he wasn't just saying, hey, here comes another prophet. No. Or here comes a guy that's going to work miracles. He was saying, you know what? All that blood that you've spilt for years and years and years that didn't change who you were. But when when you cared for those lambs and you had to bring that thing that was spotless and perfect and without blemish and you cared for it and you brought it and you laid it upon that, that altar of sacrifice and you allowed it to be con- its flesh to be consumed and its blood to be poured out, I got news for you that right there is the lamb yes. that takes away, not that, listen to what he said, yeah. not that covers just for another year, takes it away but takes away the sins of the world come on there is a lamb that has come the lamb right. slain from the foundation of the world that has showed up on the scene Hallelujah. in the person of Christ Jesus Hallelujah. That, that his blood will not dry up like the, the blood of lambs and by the, right. like the blood of bullets or the, the blood of turtle doves but it's, it's a blood that is pure it's a blood that is perfect it's a blood that, that flows out of the veins of the one that is perfect right. it's, it, it flows as the song says out of Emmanuel's veins and it, when it touches your sin it's going to take away the sins of the world it's going to erase them it's going to obliterate them it's going to bring the healings to the nation and it's going to provide a sacrifice that does not have to ever be repeated again yes and so it had to have rained literally in the ears of the right. Jewish audience that heard and the I love when he says when he says the Lamb of God because if you think about it a lamb had to be spotless 
had to have no and what he was saying was here's an individual who has no sin exactly. he was already saying the de- this is the deity this is God and he said the lamb of God so what he was saying is you know the lambs before the turtle does the, were all of men exactly. he was like saying they were men but this was a specific individual that came from God who's spotless who's sinless and, had, and, and could wash away the sins of the world you said something that made me think about it. when they brought their lamb it was the best that man had to offer the best that man had to offer but when the Lamb of come God on, came, come He on. was the best that God come on. had to offer. Folks, Lord, listen, we serve the one that was the, the best that, that, that God could offer. He yeah. became God with us. Folks, right. i tell you what, if that doesn't want to make you I pursue as a righteousness, yeah. I don't know what would. Mm-hmm. But the, the church of today, brother, is not teaching a gospel that leads you to righteousness, but it's a gospel that produces more compromise. Yes. Otherwise, it would demand righteousness based upon the righteousness of the sacrifice. Yes. Where, where much is given much is required much is required where, 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 where little is given and that sacrifice it can only cover for a year right. folks I tell you what when I got saved I got saved by the, the lamb slain before the yes. foundation of the world yes. behold the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world and I tell you what if, if my testimony is not commensurate if my testimony is, is not in pursuit of that standard of righteousness that was revealed that day that Jesus came to where John stood and, and John recognized him and John baptized him in the river Jordan and the voice came from heaven saying this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased uh, 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 hear ye him I tell you what it's, it's just the blood that's fading right but he became out there and he became that, 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 that propitiation he became that mercy seat what's interesting to note and understand uh, regarding both whether the Old Testament and the New Testament tabernacle and in the, really the New Testament fulfillment is the process by which men were able to pr- approach God now let's check this out this is interesting he provided a, a, a mechanism that we can approach God listen to this folks prior to the tabernacle of Moses in the wilderness being established the children of Israel had no means or vehicle to approach God mm, okay. have you ever thought about that? no I haven't they could not approach God there was, was no place of meeting uh, for them with him there was, only, there was no place wherein the glory could be experienced or discovered the only thing that they had was the Passover meal and that was actually a type of Old Testament grace whereas the judgment of God would pass them by and right. all they could do was look forward to the promise right. so folks listen prior to that, that, that tabernacle or that place of meeting or that Old Testament picture of the cross of Calvary there was, there was no place or, that people could convene with God all they could hope for is we could do this ritual and you'll see when in that, that Passover that they had before the Exodus they put the, the, the blood upon the doorpost what was it there for? so that the, the angel of death shall pass over the who would pass over? angel of death it, it wasn't to bring them into life no it was just to keep judgment from hitting them yeah. from hitting them and so they had they had no place to convene for victory which is in the cross right Jesus when he died upon the cross it says that he stripped Satan of his power and he, he triumphed over him in the cross and he made an open show of the adversary but what we have in Christ Jesus is a place to convene with him yes and he said if I'm lifted up that he'll draw I'll draw men to that place I'll give them we talked about about two or three lessons ago yeah. about regaining that God perspective or that tabernacle of meeting to that place that, that, that when Adam and Eve fell that they rejected that place of coming into his presence they rejected it but once the cross came right. it provided us a place to once again tabernacle with him so the Old Testament tabernacle is a uh, pitch perfect perfect picture of Jesus and it's a cross. picture of Jesus it's a picture of redemption it's a picture of the cross of Calvary it's a place of a meeting of meeting with God a place of coming in where we can boldly go into now absolutely and he gives us the mechanism and we're going to see that today okay. the means by which we can go and so what, what's interesting is that and a really interesting and essential to note is, is, is that because Egypt was a type of the world and they were in bondage to slavery is what they were. They were in bondage. They were in slavery. We talked about being a slave to to sin or being a slave to righteousness. That Paul opened up the book of Romans, Romans uh, 1.1, and he said, I'm a a servant of Jesus Christ. I'm a bond servant. I'm a slave to him. But because they were in slavery to Egypt, the type of the world, those in bondage could not approach him. Think about this. He didn't establish the, the, the tabernacle in Egypt. Right. 
He established it once they crossed over uh, uh, the, the Red Sea, which was a type of baptism, the baptism of Moses, a type of that. And so until they came out of bondage, there was no place to convene with him. And so it wasn't until they were delivered a type of salvation that a tent of meeting or a tabernacle was established. Now, saints, put this down. Proverbs 15 and 8. Proverbs 15 and 8. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. But the prayer of the upright is his delight. Right. Okay. And so when you walk in bondage, if you try to offer some vain oblation or some sacrifice, it's an abomination. Wow. And so that, that sacrifice, and we say, you know, uh, uh, the, the sacrifice is, is, of God is a, is a broken spirit and a broken contrite heart. Is what, uh, yeah, he uh, despises it. Exactly. is what the 51st Psalm says. But if it's the, the sacrifice of the wicked, folks, what is the sacrifice of the wicked you. today? That's what I was going to ask you. The sacrifice of the wicked today is going and sitting on a church pew for mm-hmm. an hour and a, an hour and a half on a Sunday morning and, and offering a strange fire Uh-oh. like the sons of Aaron did and offering something up to him or, or it, 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 that, that you call Christianity, but when you leave that place, your life has never been changed and you're going to live that life all through the night. We met the girls on the streets this past week. They were out partying in front of a nightclub. Oh, yes. 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 And they, they said, but we're going we're to we're go home and we're going to go to church tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to bed so we get up to church. And you know what that'll be? That's the sacrifices of the wicked mm-hmm. because they believe that God is going to honor some vain ovation. God is going to honor right. something that's offered with, with a filthy heart, a filthy intent. And they think that they're going to go punch some religious clock Uh-oh. and that God is going to honor those things. They think that they can go sit under a word if that's a solid word teaching and if they can go Monday and not do anything for it and just as long as they may show up on a Wednesday night or show up on a Bible study or come the next Sunday and God's going to honor that that is a wicked sacrifice that is like not bringing the perfect lamb to the altar of, of a God it's like bringing the, the dread or bringing the, the, the rut of the litter or bringing the, the, the lamb that's got a broken leg and thinking that God is going to honor those things Folks, listen, if God would not honor those things then in the shadows, do we think for a moment that now that the Lamb that is slain before the foundations of the world, behold the Lamb of God that takes Mm -hmm. away the sin, do you think God is going to accept anything rather than the perfect sacrifices? Romans 12.1 says, Offer yourselves, your bodies, as a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable. It says holy and acceptable. Holy and acceptable. Yeah. Which is reasonable sacrifice unto God. Folks, listen, to be holy, to be acceptable, to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice is just reasonable. Right. It's not above and beyond the call of duty. It's not Rambo Christianity. Mm. It's not Christian superstar stuff. It's not televangelism Christianity. It's not anything. It is just what the basic requirement of claiming to, 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 to follow and walk in faith in the propitiation for our sins. Now think about this. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. He said, When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you? This trampling of my courts. Mm. He said, Stop bringing meaningless offerings. He said, Your incense is detestable to to me. New moons, Sabbath, convocations. He said, I cannot bear your evil assemblies. Your new moon festivals and your your, 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 your appointed feasts my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. He said, I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Even if you have offered many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. You wash and make yourself, uh, you need to wash and make yourself clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong and learn to do right. Seek justice. Encourage, and listen, seek justice and he defines it. Go out and encourage the oppressed. Wow. Who are the oppressed? Yeah, it's the lost and dying. Yeah. But what the church has done is we've come in and we've offered all these things. We've offered these 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 festivals. We've offered these things, and, and it says that you know, oh, you, you you offer so many prayers, you spread out your hands, and which well, that's a that's, that's a point. picture that's of our modern church. Yes. And we come and we fill up stadiums and we offer these hands and we do these things. And he said, I don't care if you think you got some twenty four hour prayer service going on. Uh-huh. He says, I, I'm, I'm sick of it. He right. said, your hands are lifted, but they're full of the blood. Because they've they withheld the full counsel of God. Right. They, 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 they're quick to shed innocent blood because they're, they're not preaching the full counsel of God. He said, learn to do right. Seek justice. Encourage the oppressed. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Right. He said, defend the cause of the fatherless. 
Now this is the case of the widow. Pure religion and the child before God is to visit the fatherless and the widow and their afflictions and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Folks, that's New Testament right yeah. there. Folks, if we say that our, if, if, if it's pure religion, undefiled before God, if it's something that He's going to receive, it's got to be that which gives ourselves. Who's the greatest in the kingdom? It's the, the servant. servant of all. And so we've got to pour out our life. He said, and if we do so, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be like white as wool. Yeah. Even though they're red like crimson, yes. they shall be white like wool. And so, folks, listen. We've got to move out of these meaningless offerings right. of Isaiah 1, 12 through 18. We've got to move past the, the abomination of, of the, the wicked sacrifices of Proverbs 15, 18. We call those things church. Yeah. But he calls those things wickedness. He established a church that does not look anything like it. No. He said, upon this uh, rock I'll build my church. What's the rock? It's the Word of God. It's the, the truth of God. Yeah. It's not buildings built with the hands of men. It's souls built with the blood of Jesus. Yes. It's, it's, it, it's not ministries with our names on it, but it's, there's no other name under heaven wherein a man can be saved, but at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every yes. tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But we've offered these vain oblations. We've offered these meaningless sacrifices. We've offered these things that have become a stench into the nostrils of God because we've heard these things, but we've not done anything with them. That's the strange fire. <coughs> that is the strange fire before God. Yeah. That's that's the thing. You know, I was thinking about that where you're talking about how those young ladies go in and they, they feel like they can just... It's almost like a, they're trying to go to the, back to the Old Testament where they think the priest could come in and do something for them and then they're covered you know what I'm saying because yeah. before the priest would have to go in with the blood and pour it on the mercy seat and, but that that was more righteous and holy than it is now but look they're taking the whole crucifixion of Christ taking the whole New Testament principle they're trampling it underfoot because they're trying to go back to an old way and say as long as the preacher's okay and I go here to this church I'm covered but brother what, what are they still yet even living leaving out of the equation they're leaving, they're leaving out the, the, yeah. the spotless lamb. Yeah. At least in the old covenant, yeah. they had to come with the lamb spotless. These people are coming filthy into right. our churches. They're coming filthy into our assemblies. And, and really, the, the shame of the matter is, it's most people. Now, when I say filthy, I don't mean they were out getting drunk the line before. Yeah. I don't mean that they necessarily were out on crack or having some sexual immorality the, the night before or the, or, the, or the day before, whatever it was be. I'm talking about a, a, a lack of adherence to the principles of God. Right. I'm not talking about the, the sin of commission so much as the sin of omission. Right. To do those things. What did he say? He said, do right. Yeah. And he said, seek justice. He said, encourage the oppressed. Preach the gospel to those that are lost. He said, that's when you're gonna, your sacrifice is going right. to be. Go minister to the, to the fatherless. Go to the, go to the garbage dumps of Tijuana. Yeah. Go to these places out in the streets where people... Go to the, the, the crack houses. Go out to the streets where people are, 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 are walking in bondage. Go and, and plead the case of the widow. Yeah. Go and pour out your life. Don't build another $15 million building. Go, go and, and take those resources and put them into a place that they're going to change hearts and they're right. going to change life. Don't just shine the shoes of the saints. Uh -oh. Don't storehouse folks in, in, right. in, in a place and tell them that they're okay as long as they're there. Right. Don't let them be bloody believers that they're going to stand before God one day and He's going to, he's going to say that you become wretched and detestable before me. Your incense has that, become wicked. That worries me in the fact that, and I, I'm, I guess I say worry because I don't know a better word, but the fact that, that preachers who are called pastors who are supposed to love the flock, you know, Instead of loving the flock, because it doesn't show me love, what it shows me is a, a people who could care less if people go to hell. You see what it does? It right. shows me, you know, where is it in Jeremiah where it says that God will destroy those who, who try to destroy the world? Well, well, to the, the, the preachers, the pastors, it says specifically, that scatter the flock. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what they're doing. What they're, they're not giving them the truth, they're, and they don't care about them. All they care about is a building, and, and they, but they disguise it like they care for them. But they don't really care for the people. Exactly. If they did, they would try to do everything they could to give them the truth, to give them the word, to say, here's the truth, here's the Bible, here's what you have to do, be righteous, be holy, God requires it but instead they try to give them this other stuff that's not going to do anything but send them to hell but I could say I love my children but if every time we sit down for a meal all I put is a Snickers bar on the plate yeah my children would think I love them yeah. when they were small anyway yeah now they eat you out of house and home right. but when they were little as long as I provided them a little candy or some cake well they'd, they'd go tell their friends I got the best daddy in the world. He lets me eat candy all day. Right. Not realizing that I, that if that's all I provided for them, right. if it was just that something to satisfy a sweet tooth, 
But folks, we've entered into an era of sweet tooth Christianity. Mm. And it's it's rotting their spiritual teeth, it's killing them, it's poisoning them. And you know what, brother, that will kill you instantaneously. But if all you eat is those Snickers bars, and you can say any way you slice them, they're just going to come up peanuts. Right. You cannot live by that. That will not keep. It will rot you out. It will wreck your system. Yeah. And folks, just because folks aren't dying right now, if they don't die instantaneously, what you will see is a weakness come into their body. Yes. You will see in what we've seen in 2,000 years, and what we've witnessed right now, spiritual malnutrition. Yes. What we've seen is a rottenness that's come. What we've seen is a, is a, 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 a damaged body that's powerless, that has no strength, that it, all it's after is the quick sugar fix. Right. And so that's all sugar gives you. It's a quick up, but I tell you what, as soon as that fixes out, it runs right back down. Right. And you're just chasing the next fix. You're just right. ch ch chasing that next thing that's going to get you on some type of high, uh, some type of spiritual high. Rather than those things that are going to build up the body, that they're going to strengthen you, that they're going to cause endurance to come into your life. And Amen. so, so uh, sweet tooth Christianity has got to come to an end. But he said you would become a God who set him forth to be that propitiation. That word propitiation, literally I said it means the atonement or it means that word atonement means that, that mercy seat. Folks, the atonement. He's become our mercy seat. Now I want to read something to you. Leviticus chapter 16, verses 11 through 15. Folks, the, what the mercy seat was and what Jesus came to us, it was that lid, it was that, that, that thing that was placed upon the Ark of the Covenant and it was the place that the blood was spilled. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see in, in, in this chapter just how important that that is for us in, in, in not only the them, but how it changes our lives and really ought to motivate us to, to walk in a totally different dimension right. than, than what the church has walked in. So Leviticus chapter 15, go all the way back, folks. Some of you don't even know what Leviticus means or where, what it, where it was, but go all the way back. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. And so we're going to go back to Leviticus 16, 11 through 15. So it's good preaching, brother, in Leviticus. A lot of people stay away from it because they don't understand it. But hopefully this is going to whet your appetite for the book of Leviticus. And it says, And Aaron shall bring the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house, and shall kill the bull as a sin offering which is for himself. And he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from the altar before the Lord, with his hands full of sweet incense, beaten fine, and bring it inside the veil. And he shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord, and the cloud of incense that may cover the mercy seat that is in the testimony, lest he die. Mm. Okay? He shall take some of the blood of the bull, and sprinkle it with his finger on the mercy seat on the east side. And before the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people, and bring its blood inside the veil, and do with the blood as he did with the blood of the bull, and sprinkle it on the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. So let me break that down for you. Once a year, the only time that Aaron, who was the high priest, right, who Jesus became our high priest, but as a result of that, he's made us priests. Amen. He said, we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And so Aaron was that first high priest. So his responsibility was the first thing on the Day of Atonement once a year. He would go and kill a bull for himself. Right. Because he could not even approach that holy place. Let me, let me back up just for a minute. The, the, the tabernacle and the temple subsequent to that was made up of three compartments. You right. had the outer court, right, where you would find the 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 the, the, the bronze altar. You would right. find the brazen altar, right. You would have the the holy place, right. Then inside the holy place, the third compartment, you'd have the holy of holies. Okay. And so all of this began outside at the brazen altar. And so he would offer that sacrifice. He would take that blood. He would go. He would go into the the, the holy place. Then he could not pass that veil. Between the holy place there was this veil of separation okay. that you could not see the glory of God beyond that point until you went in. And so Aaron was the only one that was ever able to pass through that place and right. go and sprinkle the blood. But he couldn't even go empty-handed. Yeah. He had to go and he had to take the, the blood of that bull for himself, for his family, and for those that would help with the sacrifices. Right. Because without the shedding of blood, right. there's no remission yes. for sins. Yes. Right. And so that blood became the type of the blood of Jesus. And when he went into that place, he said he would take his finger and he would sprinkle it upon the east side. 
We know from, from prophecy that when Jesus comes, he's going to come from the eastern skies. He's going to come from the eastern skies. And we know that it talks about that the, the he enters the, the eastern gate when he went into Jerusalem. So all those things are, were the type of Jesus' entrance into those places to bring about our salvation. Then he went and it said he sprinkled that blood on seven times. Seven being the number of completion or types of complete. Right. And so when Aaron went in, he was saying that the blood of Jesus upon that mercy seat was, was, was a type of the completeness of the cleansing. The it was that the, the complete work of the cross. Amen. What did Jesus say upon the cross? He said, it is finished. It is finished. He right. sprinkled his blood and there is none. We talked about yesterday that if you're looking for another answer besides that, there's no more sacrifice for right. you. That the sacrifice has been made. If Aaron went in and somebody said, listen, that, that didn't seem very dramatic. I mean, so there's no more sacrifice. That's what God ordained. That's what He established. That's what He desires from us. And so we've got to go do those things. And so, and, and so then after that, it says that He took the the He killed the goat, uh, goat for the, the the sake of the people. Okay. He, he took that, and He went in for the people. So He went in twice, right, into the holy of holies twice, one day a year. Right. The first time to cover Himself. Right. The second time, now that He's been covered and He's represented to the high priest, right. He went on in and did the exact same thing. For the sake of the people. Right. And so when Jesus went, he went, he only had to go one time. Right. Because he was already the Lamb slain before the right. He was the Lamb of God. He was already covered. He was already covered. Right. And so when these people talk about and they preach this erroneous doctrine that Jesus had to, 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 to die spiritually, that he had to be born again in, in, in hell, totally changed. Right. Because if you'll notice, when the sacrifice was there, he was already pure. Right. Their, their saying is that Jesus had to go suffer first in reverse. And so it's totally contrary to the pattern that was right. established in the Old Covenant. They teach that Jesus died upon the cross, the blood was offered, then he had to go suffer at the hands of Satan for, for three days. No. It's erroneous. Because if, if he had to go do those things, what it would mean is it was in reverse. Right. That he would have to be battered and abused. No. Once it got to the, to the mercy seat, that blood was considered holy and righteous. Right. And once it's finished... It was finished. It was finished. And so Leviticus 16.30, it says, For on that day the priest shall make atonement for you. He will go to that place. He will be that. He will serve that, that, that blood that's a propitiation to cleanse you that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. So folks, because of the mercy seat, the tabernacle was called the tent of meeting. What made it, what made it the tent of meeting was the mercy seat. was the mercy seat. Okay? It wasn't the canvas. Right. It, it 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 wasn't the the badger skins. Right. It, it wasn't the, uh, the the table of showbread. What 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 made the the, the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, uh, was or the place that God met with man was the fact that the mercy seat was there. Yeah. Folks, I got news for you. The thing that makes church church. Right. It, it's it, it's not it's the sign outside. Yeah. It's not the fact that we've got that Hammond B3 organ over here hitting the right chords. It's, it's not the fact that we have uh, 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 choir robes hanging in the back room. What, what makes a place a, a, a tabernacle of meeting is the mercy seat. Jesus is who has become our mercy seat. Amen. He's become that yes. place of meeting. He's become that, that one that we come to. And so when, when we come to Him, what are we? We are a part of that church. We are part of that a place where He assembles. Right. And so what they would make a mistake of is those vain oblations. They would, all, they would have all the, the instruments, but it would be a place with no tabernacle. With no tabernacle. And then you know what they don't have anymore in Israel? A tabernacle. Because they don't have a mercy seat. Yeah. They don't, they don't know the, where the, their old mercy seat was. Yeah. It's not somewhere they on the They can't find it, can they? And so as a result, it was a type of there's no meeting place for them. Right. And so the only meeting place now is with Jesus right. at the cross of Calvary. Exodus 25, 21-22 says this. It says, You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I will give you. And there I will meet with you. Where? There, at the mercy seat. Right, right. And I will speak to you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are the ark of the testimony, about everything which I will give you in the commandment to the children of Israel. Folks, listen, unfortunately, brother, we're out of time today. Yeah. We've got so, so much... 
more of this, and I hope that it's going to bring really a greater understanding of what the cross yeah, is all yeah. about. Yeah, I think it's just so deep. It, we'll have to be here for at least four or five days. <laughs> <laughs> it very well may be. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna be as thorough as we need to be and take the time that is necessary to really cover this. Amen. But uh, folks, listen, we're going to get into these things, and I believe what you're going to see Hallelujah. is Christ revealed to you in a powerful way. When I see this, brother, when I hear about these things, when right. I teach these things, and when I, when, I, when I get back into them and study those things, but it tells me it gives me such an excitement Amen. about the cross and the things yes. concerning the, the the tabernacle of God, and really that way we don't pass those things over. And when we read something about God has set forth to be a propitiation, when I read those things, boy, man, I want something to strike in my heart, right. and I want to see the the gravity and the power and the depth of what happened by, uh, at the the altar of, of incense and, uh, in those places when, that God established. When Paul spoke that real quick. He was speaking to an audience who knew exactly what that meant. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, it wasn't something where we're having to figure it out. When he said that, when he said propitiation, they said, oh, we know exactly Whoa. what that meant. They knew exactly what that meant. They knew exactly like he meant, just as, as they knew when John said, Behold the Lamb of God mm. who takes away the sins of the world. Folks, man, this is, this is going to be some good stuff in the next few days. Let's get into it. Uh, somebody asked what that last scripture was. It was Exodus 25. 21 through 22. I'm going I'm to make this note. You guys are listening to this through uh, maybe a recorded method. Every once in a while you'll hear a ping sound on the recording. That's because this is live interactive. Every time you hear a ping, it, it's somebody asking a question or saying praise God or a, a scripture being posted. Right. It's interactive. Right. That's the way we like it. So you can see the interactivity Amen. or hear it even when you're listening to those things uh, on a recording. So I, I had a question. So we said, what's that pinging noise? It's because we're live and we're interactive. We've got an audience before us literally that, scans, uh, that spans the globe. Guys, don't forget tonight, Raven Nation. Amen. 7 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, time to praise and worship. i got a word tonight that I'm going to bring, brother, and I believe it's going to be great. Uh, just something that's going to be a, a great word of encouragement to you. Encourage you to go to uh, www.biggrace.com. Click on Raven TV. Is it 7.30 or 8.30? 8.30 Eastern Time. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. 7.30 Central. 8.30 Eastern Time. 7.30 Central. 6.30 Mountain. 5.30. Something like that. What time? Anyway, the time is 8.30 Eastern Time. We're going to be at the Raven Nation, folks. I'm Pastor Troy Bond. Pastor Alex Hill. Appreciate you coming. Amen. Guys, get into God's Word today. God's Word will get into you. God bless.